But it's not that wearing a mask in and of itself is wrong. No. I mean, if somebody wanted to, they could wear a mask all around all day, every day. Sure. It'd be like wearing a hat on your face. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. Welcome to episode 101. I am your host, Daniel Fox, here with my great friend, Tom Balsamo. How are you, Tom? Hey, good. Very good. 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 How are you? We're... Doing doing pretty good, doing good, keeping busy as I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were excited that uh, it, for those who, if if they're literally just hopping on board now, we want you to know that it was a big deal for us that we reached episode 100. And if you reference that episode, uh, you can go to Reason Together uh, Reason Together FM, right? Yeah. It's been so long yes. since I've said our website name. Reason Together FM. Can I get a link there to our uh, to our video? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. it's all there. Okay, so we actually did. I guess you'd maybe call it a video cast for our hundredth episode, and we included two very special guests. And so you can see that, you can go there, and we like your feedback, just so you know up front. We want you to listen to this conversation, and it is a conversation, um, and and we want your feedback, Podcast at gmail.com. And one other thing, let me thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash together for all that you do and sacrifice to make uh, this more possible and to support our venture here. We really appreciate your yes. investment uh, in what we're doing, and uh, and trust that you find it helpful, and that you'll continue to share it with your friends. You can go to iTunes, leave a five star review. Again, there's several different ways you can interact with us here, mm-hmm. or find the content, and, uh, and we're glad that you're here. All right. Um, do we want to get right into it today, or do we have anything else preliminarily that we want to? Cover. No, I don't mind. I don't mind jumping into it. I know we've got uh, we've got like at least three listener, maybe patron, couple patron questions, listener question, mm-hmm. um, and so I think we just want to jump into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you want me to introduce it? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. It's it's really t- the timing on this is is great because uh, given just given the the climate, I know around here. Um, We've seen an uptick in the uh, virus um, cases, and mm-hmm. honestly, we didn't really get hard, hit hard the first time. We are we are rural Midwest in our county. We had one case, you know, back in whatever April, mm-hmm. um, and so it really hasn't hit hard. Well, here recently, it's it's shot up, and so I suppose there's a res- you know there's a resurgence of concern and things like that. But all around the country, there's just been this, um, you know kind of overshadowing thought of the virus for quite a while. And what goes hand in hand with that, at least in some areas, is the issue of face masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got a patron question here uh, dealing with face masks. And he says... Um, it's from our patron, Tim. Yes, from our patron, Tim. And he says, um, the subject is how to offend neither the mask or the no mask people. Ooh, Good boy. luck with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old phrase that you please everybody. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. kind of few and far between, isn't it? It uh, can please them some of the time, and uh, all the all the people some of the time, some of the people all the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. But here's this question: <laughs> As if we weren't divided enough, our country has now been neatly split down the middle between the masked and the no masked pe- no mask people. 
at least in my state, it seems as though we are practically wearing or not wearing our political affiliation as a result. Okay, mm -hmm. so what he's saying is if you wear a mask, you're saying that, you know, I align in a certain way politically than if I don't. He said, in 1 Corinthians 10.32, Paul told the brethren, give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. So when you live in a community that is publicly forced to take sides on this issue, how do you avoid alienating one group or the other? Do you resort to inconsistently wearing a mask depending on the circumstances? Perhaps the broader question is, what do you do when both action and inaction is viewed as a political statement and choosing a side? Because what's the, what was the new statement? Um, silence. Silence, silence is violence. Silence. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just, I get a kick out of that. Yeah. Silence. Oh, he says it here. Okay. For example, one of BLM's common refrains is silence is violence. <clears throat> so you can't not say anything and you can't say something. I don't know. That, of course, is ridiculous, but it is another case of being forced to pick a side when you may not want to. It seems that in the present day, giving none offense is increasingly difficult and that we must simply be salt and light, striving to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Mm. So as I thought about that question, you know, just the mass, I wasn't so much going at, well, I guess I partly dealt with that, and I wanna, I'm going to get your take before I uh, share mine, but... Um, so you got, you got two things, I guess. For, one is the, how do you not cause offense? But the, the first side of that is how do you sort out in your own mind, whether I should be doing this anyway? Yeah. I mean, you know, do I wear a mask? I mean, should I wear a mask? Am I not, not by governmental standards, but I mean, even biblically speaking, you know, does God want me to wear a mask? Yeah. Um, and then if I feel, if I feel like, no, I don't have to or shouldn't wear a mask, then how do I keep from offending people? Yeah. What's what's your take on that? Well, I, I think from a practical level first, and, and before we get into maybe the more biblical aspect of giving offense or not giving offense, we have to maybe ask, why is there a debate? Why is there an issue on this? Okay. Um, and, and maybe just from a practical level only, um, if you listen to the news media then all you would hear is that if you don't wear a mask, you're, you're killing grandma. <laughs> and you, you must wear a mask because masks are proven to stop uh, the coronavirus. But the truth you're is... You're saying that's what they're going to hear. That's what you're going to hear, yeah. Okay. And not okay. just the media. Um, I think there are other sources, uh, uh, purported experts that are saying the same thing. Um, and I think that... Well, I know that the the research is actually quite mixed, <clears throat> and this is not nobody's hiding the ball on that either. Um, whether you're talking mm. about the CDC or the uh, the World Health Organization, uh, it's it's pretty clear that there's debate among the experts as to whether or not yeah. the masks work on on COVID. And Good. okay, I mean, frankly, you know, mask wearing is something I've been doing for years at, at my job. Because <laughs> um, you work in the medical sphere. Yeah, and, and the predominant reason in a surgical suite you wear one is because there's a lot of talking going on, and they don't want people accidentally you know, having spit fly out of the corner of their mouth and landing on a sterile field or on sterile equipment that's going to be used <laughs> during the surgery. Yeah, right. You know, they, and they, they take just, that very, very seriously in surgery. They do, they do. Yeah. And, they, and you, you wear a head covering so you don't lose a hair on, on any of that equipment or in the sterile field either. 
So, I mean, in that setting, yeah, obviously, they don't want you spitting on stuff. That makes sense. But as far as, you know, the masks being used to prevent something like COVID, the research is very mixed on it. Um, Mm -hmm. There are entire Mm -hmm. countries that are making no mask uh, mandates at all, and they're Mm -hmm. doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, their 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 infection rates are going down. Their death rates are almost nothing. Um, they're reaching herd immunity quite quite fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like every single day, the more data that comes in, the more absurd mask wearing seems. Mm-hmm. And from a, you're saying from a from a practical standpoint. Si- practical scientific medical standpoint yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and and i and i fully acknowledge that you know experts can be wrong in fact some of them have been uh during this pandemic sure um but as it stands right now things are getting better there are states where people are high in compliance wearing masks and their infection rates are through the roof compared to states <laughs> where there's almost no restrictions and they're doing really well so, you know, you have to wonder, how does this data correlate? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so it's not a definitive science that mask wearing prevents COVID. And that's why there is a debate. Mm-hmm. And it's become an issue of unity, a threat to unity in churches. Uh, yeah. And that, yes, that's where the danger, that's where the rubber meets the road for, for your everyday yes. Christian. Yes. And, you know, yes. to, to go back to the practicality of it as well, if you want to know what the experts really think about mask wearing, watch what they do, not what they say. Mm. And, and people like Dr. Fauci, people like, you know, high ranking politicians who are, who are quoting the experts, they're not wearing masks consistently around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The scientific experts themselves have permitted uh, riots and protests and said, it's okay, you're not at risk of COVID, you know, the the, the risk of not (laughs) protesting is greater, so go ahead and protest, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, So if you want to know what the experts think about mask wearing, watch what they do, what they approve, not what they say. And, you know, even things like stores that mandate wearing masks. I think it was when Walmart decided they were going to mandate wearing masks, they said, we're going to start this next week. Um, if it's really something that's that critical to do, you need to start that now. <laughs> but they're like, oh, no, we're going to start Monday next week. Um, so, so you can see what people really think of this. You can see, you, you can see exactly how, quote-unquote, critical this really is. And that's why I say with every day that goes by, the more we know about COVID, the more we know how to treat COVID, uh, the more data rolls in, the fewer people are dying it becomes more and more of an absurdity to keep wearing masks. Okay, so if I can kind of summarize what you're saying is that if somebody, uh, it, number one, it's not a given that I, um, that I have to feel like I should wear a mask. It's not a given that it absolutely is the solution and that it's good. No. Uh, you know, I'm not just rejecting all, you know, common sense and righteousness. No, <laughs> to no. question it. You're not being a complete ignorant redneck by not wearing a mask. And and that's of okay. course how a lot of mask wearing folks would like to present it. So, it, if if somebody so to say, number one, if we have a disagreement, you're saying that there could be a scientific, practical, um, medical response that the uh, the jury's still out. This isn't a given. Let me let me ask you, moving forward, going sure. to say a um, a governmental 
um, mm -hmm. a governmental argument. Yeah. Do do the governors um, or and really by extension the the health organization or the CDC do they have the constitutional right to mandate people um, doing things like that? I mean, and, and if so, how far does that uh, authority go? Can they mandate uh, you that you wash your hands and, and fine you if you don't? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, essentially the same thing. So I mean, let me move from the practical and the medical to the governmental. Is there any, any leg of an argument there? That's a, that's a difficult question, honestly, because okay. they, there are some provisions that allow the government to do some things in the name of public health. Mm -hmm. the the legality of it I don't really know because I mean there are there are experts who debate that legal experts who debate that because how far should that extend yeah know, can they use public health to justify anything <laughs> um, that's that does a dangerous thought so yes, I don't know how right. far they can go with it um, all yeah, I maybe in all I know is when they do seem to make mask wearing mandated, that bothers my conscience. Hmm. That that bothers me, especially when the data is so fraught with error and mm -hmm. inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know how frequently the medical experts have changed their minds about mask wearing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, there, it was clear at one time that Dr. Fauci lied about mask wearing in order to really? preserve the numbers of masks so that healthcare workers could have them. He told the public that it mm -hmm. wasn't necessary for you to wear masks. And he actually admits this later, that his reason for saying that was to preserve the stockpile of masks for healthcare workers. So his, mm -hmm. his willingness to be dishonest, um, the, the, the back and forth decisions that they've made, the inconsistency, there's a lot that leads me to believe that um, I don't need to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I don't need to. So for the government, when for the, for health reasons, you don't need to. Yes, yes. Right. So for the government to then make a mandate for something that is really so inconsistent, um, mm -hmm. it seems like an overreach to me. Right. Um, you know, I think in some cases maybe some people should. You know, if, if they're very vulnerable and if you're going to be around somebody very vulnerable, I think maybe there's some benefit in, in doing that. But what we know now, the general public doesn't need to. So for this mandate to come down on the whole public, you know, depending on what state you live in, obviously there's no federal mandate. It just seems to me too far. So uh, just uh, I'm, I'm curious about the one thing you said. So it does you would think that. Um, a, a face mask actually might have some value. I mean, it might actually stop something um, and so could be worn around or by elderly people. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it obviously, like in the, you're saying in the operating room, it could keep some spittle, you know, from flying across the, you know, yeah. whatever, the table or whatever. So you're saying that there is some minimal value to it, with, but, but, but where the science disagrees is whether it's really... Um, adequate to restrict in any way the spread of the virus, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And, and the same thing, even worse for the cloth face coverings, they do virtually nothing. <laughs> um, okay. You know, surgical masks are maybe 50-50 effective at preventing things coming through it, but the cloth face masks are, and you might as well wear nothing. 
um, okay. over your face. That's interesting because you'd think you'd think that well, by having to breathe through a barrier, it's got to trap stuff, or it's got to trap the, the the droplets coming out of my mouth. Droplets, right? yes. Um, which originally they thought that COVID spreads by droplet. So I mean, if that was the case, then cloth would be effective. But they've since mm-hmm. revised that quite a long time ago now to suggest that it transmits by airborne pathogen or air, okay. airborne particle, um, okay. especially in like a recirculating air-conditioned room, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which, you know, a cloth mask is not going to prevent airborne pathogens. It's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I read a statistic somewhere that they're 3% effective and that surgical masks <laughs> are around 56% effective and N95s okay. are around 96% effective. So... What is around 95 or 96? Uh, N95 masks. Oh, N95, which is yeah. probably like a highly specific, expensive, uh, it's certain the, use mask. It's the ones where you're supposed to be fit tested for them. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, you have to be fit tested for them to do it right. Okay. So you talked originally about um, a medical, uh, kind of a, a medical leg of the argument mm-hmm. that this is certainly debated, highly debated. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're talking about a governmental or constitutional leg of the argument. Then... Uh, my next question would be the third leg is uh, what about a biblical argument? And, and, what, and, and I guess let me direct your attention first to Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, where Romans 13 says, you know, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. Uh, and, then, and then 1 Peter 2 says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. What's your take on, on that? Does that mean that whatever the authorities say, uh, we have to we have to do biblically because the text says you know be subject. Yeah. If I'm honest, I have struggled with this <clears throat> throughout the pandemic because um, when when we were in a time of peace before all of this, um, for the most part, um, my thinking <laughs> was primarily okay. The government's not asking me to sin. They're not asking me to in any way degrade or deteriorate my walk with the Lord or my ability to shepherd others or pastor a church or assemble freely. You know, before all of this, my thought was, okay, you know, if they're they're asking us to wear masks, okay, I'm not going to do it because the government said I'm going to do it because it makes sense. And, and, you know, but my, my thinking is evolving on it because I'm seeing the spiritual damage that can occur when something like mask wearing becomes a unity issue. Yeah. And, and not only that, yeah. it becomes a way of signaling virtue as well. So it becomes a mm-hmm. pride issue that, that sometimes people who insist on wearing the mask, despite the data suggesting they really don't do anything to COVID, um, it becomes a point of, well, I'm, I'm medically knowledgeable and you're not. Um, or, and, and I'm, and I'm responsible and I love people. Yep. Uh, and you don't, you're, yeah, you're, uh, you're not you're, respecting me and I, but I'm being respectful right. to you and, and it becomes a, a point of pride. It can be, I'm not saying everyone that's wearing a mask is doing that for that reason, but it, it right. can no, be. I, so, I mean, some people continue wearing the masks because they're, they're still maybe concerned about this. Maybe they're not getting their data from the right sources. Um, but other people might be wearing it so that they feel better about themselves, so that they don't look like one of those ignorant people, like quote unquote ignorant people. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Um, <clears throat> all all that to say, 
when I when I saw what this pandemic can do to an individual's walk with the Lord, um, their their ability to um, to submit themselves to the Spirit of, of God and the 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 God given leadership in their life. Um, it becomes apparent to me that the greater risk at this point is not COVID. The greater risk is spiritual damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. And at that point, then civil disobedience becomes a legitimate concern of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the mandate is simply wear a mask. To me, the, the forced wearing of masks then becomes part of what is destructive to the unity of God's people. Because you're saying that is causing the issue. So if they said, well, look, Tom, just wear the mask, and, and, and if everybody wears the mask, we can have unity. You know, it's you that's causing the disunity, but you're saying that the, the forcing of the mask issue is what's causing the disunity, and, the, and that well, narrative is what's underlying the problem of well, disunity. Well, to go back to Tim's question, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be giving offense, um, I mean— Maybe that's not the best way to phrase it, because I think maybe what giving offense means in that verse is different than what, what I'm referring to. But you're going to offend someone, whether you wear the mask or don't wear the mask. Okay, so, Someone's going to be bothered by that. Yes. So we would have to make a decision at that point. Well, I mean, I'm just going to have to choose whichever one seems less absurd. Because as a Christian, my relationship to truth is that I try to represent truth as best I can. And if the truth right now is that masks really don't seem to do anything, um, places where they're not wearing them are doing better because they're getting a herd immunity, uh, places where they're wearing mm-hmm. masks are getting worse, you see all these uh, you know, trumped-up numbers, and you start to wonder, okay, it doesn't seem like the masks are really useful. As a Christian, my relationship to truth is I want to represent what seems true. And it seems mm-hmm. more true right now that mask wearing just doesn't seem to help a whole lot, and herd immunity does. Well, and if I could throw in an analogy for those who are, uh, this might this might help, you know, to kind of put it in parallel to something. But if we were to follow the uh, the kind of highly publicized um, scientific establishment, um, we would be, you know, climate change evolutionists who abort our children. Mm. You know what I mean? Because uh, abortion is, well, yeah, about, they say about women's rights, but they'll also throw in the health mm-hmm. issue, right, for the health of the mother. Um, and that maybe it's, you know, in some ways healthy for society or healthy for a woman to be rid of something that she doesn't want to have. And, um, and the scientific establishment will say that, you know, evolution is certainly true. And then, and then the ones that you're going to hear more often would be that, uh, you know, oh, yeah, there's certainly climate change and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just saying that you, you follow. And so in the same way, we say, well, the scientific community says, mm. you know, that we need to wear these and that they're valuable. But there's a lot of debate. And when we look into the truth, especially in the issue, of course, of abortion and evolution, but even climate change, I think. But anyway, you look into certain of these issues and you say, no, I, I have to represent truth. I can't just act like I'm an abortionist yeah. or say, well, I just won't, I won't talk about creation because that mm. might offend somebody. Yeah. I thought of a good illustration of this um, a few weeks ago. I think I had even t- told you about it over the phone. Um, 
when it when it comes to how we're supposed to represent truth, I asked you the question, or maybe I just thought it. I forget if I asked you or not. You know, if someone who was a quote unquote transgendered person, uh, if they mm-hmm. asked mm-hmm. you to refer to them by their chosen pronoun, so a, a biological male who thinks he's a woman says to you, Pastor Fox, I'd like you to call me she when you refer to me by pronouns. As a Christian, I don't feel like in good conscience I could do that. Right, right. I agree. Because yeah, we talk about that. Because I would be I would be representing or in in a sense, um, I would be helping support an absurdity. Right. That a biological yes. male can become a woman just because he thinks he is. Right. That's absurd. So I'm not going to support that by calling him she. And, and in the same thing, as, as, as we go further through this pandemic and it becomes apparent that it's petering out, that it's kind of doing what it's going to do. Masks aren't going to really affect it. It's going to do what it's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. It becomes an absurdity for to be all of this panic-driven media that you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. You just have to wear a mask. Um, and, 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 and for me to then say, okay, I'm going to wear a mask to be respectful to this person. Am I not also then supporting an absurdity in the same way that I would be calling someone by their chosen pronoun and supporting an absurdity? And I see what you're saying there. Um, I think it might go that in that way, then it might, um, uh, unhitch from that illustration a little bit. And let me back up maybe and kind of give you, uh, give some thoughts from my perspective, if I could. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we come back to that. Um, if you go to Romans chapter 13, 1 Peter 2, um, there, of course, you're talking about, you know, governmental authorities and the powers that be. Number one, I think there, there's about four, there's about, uh, let's see, five five scripture passages I want people to think about here. You got Romans 13, 1 Peter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the argument can be made that uh, authority, true, valid, legitimate authority, uh, comes from God. True. That's literally the text of Romans 13. I think it's one. Uh, for you know, basically, power that exists uh, exists from God. Something like that. Um, so then, the extension of that is that when it is um, when it is used for evil, when that authority takes upon itself, you know, to, to do something contrary to God's purposes in the authority, then it's, then it has basically delegitimized itself. It becomes invalid. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in the text because he says, uh, basically that, you know, aren't these ordained of God to, to punish the evil and reward the good. Mm. And even in, you see that same, right, right. And what, is that what you're saying? if, If, Yes, if they flip, then they're no longer serving the purpose of God in, in giving that authority, and their authority then isn't, they don't have authority from God to do wrong. God doesn't authorize yeah. people to do wicked. So in that sense, what they just did was they invalidated the, their God-given authority. Yeah. Um, and I think you see the similar thing in First Peter 2, because you might say, well, you know, subject, you know, uh, yeah. you know, be subject to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. 
But then I, you get down, and, and if I'm remembering the passage correctly, maybe I'm, I'm thinking of the Romans passage again. Maybe, I think it's Romans. But he gets to the end, and he's like, so don't live in, in chambering and wantonness and stri- you know whatever. And he's like, okay, he's literally talking about don't live a debauched lifestyle. Yeah, self, well, you self-govern. Yeah. Um, so, so I think there's an, an argument for the invalidating of, of, of authority yeah. um, to where you have to say, look, if this isn't according to the purpose of God, and kind of going along with your, mind, your, your statement, if I'm not living the truth, if they're wanting me to live a lie, then I can't do that. And furthermore, they don't have the authority to tell me to do that. Right. Um, you, uh, you reminded me of a quote real quick um, yeah. uh, by John Locke. If you're really? familiar with, with him, John Locke. He says, mm-hmm. uh, any single Over. man must judge for himself whether circumstances warrant obedience or resistance to the commands of the civil magistrate. We are all qualified, entitled, and morally obliged to evaluate the conduct of our rulers. This political judgment, moreover, is not simply or primarily a right, but like self-preservation, a duty to God. As such, it is a judgment that men cannot part with according to the God of nature. It is the first and foremost of our inalienable rights without which we can preserve no other. Wow. So he's saying wow. basically what you're saying, that it's it's a duty to God that if our rulers, based on their conduct, have flipped <laughs> against the God of nature, yeah. it becomes our duty to God to disobey them. Hmm, that's interesting. And you think about... Um, you know, here, here's men, uh, I'm thinking of men in the Revolutionary War, you know, they fought, gave their lives, gave their, uh, you know, their, what do I want to say, their estates to, to the cause of winning a freedom, you know, or a group of freedoms, winning a, a liberty. And if now we, in the name of biblical obedience, just roll over every time an elected official says, do this, okay, do that, okay, do that, okay, we're essentially just giving up yeah. in a short matter of time what men have fought to secure, to win for us. Right. We're giving up liberty by simply saying, well, I have to submit to everything, and, and, and I don't believe we do. The next, as I thought through biblical stories, you know, sometimes it's helpful to think, oh, well, this happened in the Bible, and that's parallel to what I'm going through. You know, I thought about, you know, Daniel and, and, the, and, the, um, and the edict against the prayer, you know, but Daniel opened his window and prayed anyway, but thought, well, that's not an exact parallel. And, and then there was this story, well, that's not an exact parallel. Well, then uh, one, uh, I, I thought of one, or the Lord brought one to mind, and I thought, now that's a pretty close parallel, and that is in Matthew chapter 12 and Matthew 15, twice... Um, uh, there were times when when religious people or the religious elites um, said to Jesus, you know, why do your disciples? In other words, they're walking through the cornfields. They're, you know, rolling off the, you know, the, the grain in their hand or whatever they're eating. And they say, why do they eat with unwashing hands? And so, and what does Jesus do? Does he say, okay, guys, go ahead and wash your hands so we don't offend anybody? No, instead, he gives a reasoned response of why what they're doing is okay. And he, he appeals back to, well, what about, what, what about your scriptures? And in that particular instance, he says, uh, if I remember correctly, he's saying, um, you, the way you're applying this is inconsistent, because if you look back to the priests, you know, the priests every, every Sabbath day are violating it by doing this. Or remember when David went and he ate out of the temple mm. the things that were consecrated to the priests or whatever. I see. Um, and so he talks about the inconsistency of their response, and then he says, but if you would have understood, you know, mercy and instead of whatever, 
he says, you would have not condemned the guiltless. So he's literally saying that my, my disciples are totally guilt, are guiltless in what they're doing, and you are inconsistent in the application of what you're trying to you know, condemn us hmm. with. But what I guess my bigger argument there was that Jesus didn't just say, well, look, if, if, if the, you know, the rulers that be in, in Judaism say we should do this, we should do it. You know, mm-hmm. there were certain things that he just didn't do. And then when he was confronted on it, he didn't fold. He gave a response and he said, you know, and, and he had a response kind of like we were talking earlier. Is there actually a medical response to this? Is there a constitutional response? Is there a biblical response? Are we allowed to have a response that says, for these reasons, I'm not obeying? I mm-hmm. guess that's kind of yeah. my point there. And in Matthew 15, it's real interesting. They said, why do you uh, transgress the traditions? Or why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? And he he turned it right around. And instead of answering the question, he asked a question and said, why do you transgress the commandment of God? So he said, there's a higher law. There's a more fundamental truth that you're disobeying. And yet you're questioning me on the application of something more tertiary, if you will. Um, so anyway, again, he didn't just fold. He gave a, he gave a rebuttal, a response to say um, what you're, you know, basically I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not obeying what your tradition is. I'm not obeying the social norm here, and here's why. Uh, or, or simply that mm-hmm. you guys are more inconsistent on a fundamental level. I'm not even going to answer you on this right. particular question. Um, so those two passages, but then, so on the one hand, I would say, well, you know, there is almost a precedent to say that Jesus didn't obey every social norm, mm-hmm. uh, but he was willing to give a response back and to say, I'm not obeying for this reason, uh, you know, but my last, my last scripture reference I would go to is Romans 14, is that I, when you say, when you said, is my wearing of a mask the same thing as using pronouns of a different gender. I, to me, here's where I'm going to probably part it a little bit, is that obviously pronouns of a different gender, um, to me, it, in my mind, it's, a, it's a, essentially a fairy tale mm-hmm. that this is a total untruth. I would just be, I, I would be, I would feel like I'm a five-year-old playing pretend with you to say, yeah, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, when I know you're a man, this is ridiculous. On the other hand, do you do you feel like in in face masks there could be a place for um, for deference, meaning in certain situations I know that I have a right not to wear a mask, but I'm willing to give up that right uh, for your sake. For instance, Paul basically in Romans 14 said it's okay for us to eat meat. Mm-hmm. You know he knew that. But he's saying, though I have the right to eat meat, I'll give up that right if it causes you to stumble. And, and I'm thinking about, you know, when I go on vacation, you know, which we're going to do here in a couple of days, and I'm going out your direction where face masks are a big thing. And, and, and a church is saying, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to be compliant. We're trying to have a good testimony in the community. Should I just walk in and say, well, I, I, have, I have the right not to wear this mask. Am I creating more of a state? Is that choosing my battle wisely? Um, you know, can I, can, I, can I avoid an unnecessary battle or, or an offense if people don't understand me and I don't have time to explain myself um, so, by just simply pulling the, uh, what do they call that thing? Balaclava yeah, up, you know, yeah. over my nose for a few minutes. 
Um, what's, what's your take on that? Or, or, or does that look like a compromise to basically say, no, wherever I go, I should just say, I don't have to wear this mask. And whether you understand me or not, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to live the lie. Yeah. What's your take on that? Um, so, so you, you, are you thinking that maybe by insisting on not wearing it, you might cause someone to stumble or is it? Because cause that's, that's what you had said originally, quoting the verse in right. Romans 14. But then you kind of, you revise that to say picking your battles. So as if it's more about avoiding conflict. Good. And that is astute. Uh, I mean, you, you are noticing that. And, I, and so I don't know that I can drive that home. Uh, you're, you're correct in saying, I don't know that I would cause someone to stumble in the scriptural sense um, like someone in you know, first century Christianity who is saying, oh, man, I don't think I can eat that meat. It was offered to an idol. You know, that yeah. just is too closely aligned to idol worship. You know, I just, I don't have, a, I, I can't in good conscience do that. I don't know that I could, by my, wear, by my not wearing a mask, that I'm causing somebody to stumble in the same way. So maybe that's not a good application of Romans 14. It just seems like... Unless, of course, unless, of course, by me not wearing one, someone looks at me and says, oh, well, then I guess I'll, I'll disobey too. And yet their conscience has a problem with it and I've caused them to sin against their conscience. There you go. That would be an idea. And because, well, yeah, it's because, because it's not that nobody should wear a mask. I mean, some, some elderly folks wear a mask. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And maybe I should wear masks around them. Yeah. You know, I think that's uh, fair. Those elderly, you know, they're saying, you know, I want to be at church and I'm saying, well, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask around you. Well, okay, maybe for their sake I could, you know, who, whoever's going to be there. So to me, it's not, it, it, when it comes down to it, in some senses, it's, in some circumstances, it's not really the mask that's the issue um, so much as, you know, to me, it, it, it can almost vary by circumstance. Where am I? Who is around? Um, what's actually being communicated right. here? Well, that's kind you know? of the nature of Tim's question. Um, to go back to Tim's question for a second, mm -hmm. um, he said, so when you live in a community that is publicly forced to take sides on this issue, how do you avoid alienating one group or the other? Do you resort to inconsistently wearing a mask depending on the circumstances? That's what he's asking, is what you're saying yeah, there. Interesting. Uh, so are you proposing that as a solution then, that we keep a mask with us and just wear it depending on who we're talking to and where we are? You know, this is really off the top of my head, but um, I guess this would be right at the moment. This would be my answer is no, it's not uh, it's not inconsistently wearing it in order not to offend. It's that I may. Of course, I guess I guess if I had a certain criteria in my mind, it wouldn't be inconsistent. If I say, you know, around elderly folks, I'm going to raise the mask for their sake. You know, that's not really inconsistent to wear it part of the time and not wear it part of the time. Um, mm -hmm. so, so to go back to the question, do I just resort to inconsistently using it to not offend people? Um, no, I guess I wouldn't go that way. Um, so, so what know, are we, do, what are we concluding here? I guess as it's kind of gelling a little bit in my mind, what I would say is you need to come up with, is it right? And if so, when? I think I think wearing a mask can be appropriate at certain limited times. Mm -hmm. However, for me, the bulk of time, the bulk of the time, it really isn't necessary. No. Um, well, and 
like for instance and if you if you basically are living by your criteria to say this is when i think it's necessary this is when i don't and i and i do that it's not inconsistent but you have to know that people aren't going to understand and you're not going to keep everybody on board yeah well at a certain point it becomes i mean how how deep do you go with it okay so if you're around somebody yeah. who you know lives with someone who works with someone who's related to someone who is elderly with comorbidities. How far do you take that? Right. That's true. Is that a matter of conscience? Can we make it a rule or can we just, or do, can we live by the, uh, as it were, live by the spirit, the spirit yeah. of the law or the spirit as opposed to a rule? Does there need to be a rule? No, no, there doesn't. Okay. But I'm just wondering with this yeah, kind how of, far do you take it, it makes it makes this matter very crystal clear to people of what it means to use your conscience. Um, hmm. and, and we've had matters like that in in theological discussions and practical matters before, but this matter becomes very visible of how far someone's conscience allows them to go. Um, and that's why I think it is really threatening the unity of Christians, um, because some have liberty in their conscience, um, and others maybe not so much, and mm. they're now judging each other based on their response to this. Yeah, interesting. And granted, would it be fair to say that 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 the a large number of people, their their conscience has been improperly educated. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> Hence, the reason there's the fear and the and the and the misperception of what's actually going on. Yes. Um, so so yes, that's interesting. You bring it down to that 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 really what we're dealing with is a matter of conscience. However, it's conscience um, poorly educated. Yeah. When people have a more attuned, sensitive conscience, it's really overly tuned uh, and overly sensitive. And so the people who maybe are seeing more clearly in our perspective, uh, they're seeing more clearly, thus they have more liberty in their conscience, are going to be judged by those who have a more sensitive conscience. Yeah. And to me, the question always is when it comes down to conscience, how far? Yeah. And I, may, I guess that's what you're asking. You know, what if somebody says, uh, and, and I know it sounds silly, but, you know, your red shirt you know, offends me, but, or, or yeah. maybe more, more practically speaking, um, when we were in Brazil years ago, uh, the missionary said, don't, uh, I think one of the ladies came over, the Brazilian ladies came over to paint my wife's fingernails or something. And, and we, we were told at some point, don't paint them red because red fingernail polish would be indicative of kind of, you know, a harlotish mm -hmm. person, you know, a, a looser, probably more person like that. I see. So, what if, say, a Brazilian lady comes over here, you know, and she's in a church and she says, you know, your red fingernail polish offends me. Well, you say, well, it's fingernail polish, you know, do I instruct her and do I educate her on, on, on you know, American culture and, and fingernail polish? Or do I say, oh, goodness, well, you know, then I won't wear that around you. You know what I mean? And you say, well, that's red fingernail polish. And, and it's, how far is that going to go? Oh, your, your jeans, your jeans offend me because they look too skinny. They look like skinny jeans, and that, that offends me. Or, you know what, you're, Tom, you, you have a beard, and that offends me when pastors have facial hair. You know, at what point do you say, look, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so I mean, so I don't bring that then in that. into this mask discussion. Then, I mean, let's use the word. Somebody says to you, you know, Pastor, you're not wearing a mask. That offends me. Mm-hmm. What then? I guess I guess what I would notice, say right off the top of my head, is to say you need to to think about the issue and know why you're doing what you're doing. Are you just doing it for fear and that somebody might be offended, or do you have a cause why you're doing it? Like if you can say, look. I've studied the issue, masks don't really make much of an effect, but they might make a minimal effect if I'm around an elderly person with, I think you called it a comorbidity. Mm -hmm. In that instance, I am prepared to wear a mask and certainly will for the sake of that person, yeah. but just for the fear of society, I'm not going to do it. And, and so I, think, I feel like if you have a reason why you do it and you follow that but, but you got to know, it's not just this general fear that I don't, I, you know, people might be upset or yeah. people might be mad or whatever. Yeah. Then obviously you're always going to have somebody mad or upset. But I think to properly define offense, like you said it earlier to say, in what way does that cause them to stumble yeah. in their own conscience, you know, to grieve their own conscience? I don't know that it is. They're just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so so I, I don't know that I'm coming right down to a, a perfectly clear. Right. So so like answer. wearing masks for out, out out of fear, bad reason or good reason? Bad re bad okay. reason. Wearing masks Definitely. to please others, bad reason, good reason. Bad reason. Okay. Um, because and you can go back to biblical principle on that. We're not supposed to live in fear. We're not supposed to be men pleasers. You have to. You should be doing what you're doing. Uh, because okay. it, it's it's right and it's you know consistent with godliness right. and things like that. Go ahead. Next, wearing mask to obey the government. Bad reason, good reason. Um, I would say not not a good a good reason. Not right. I don't know if I'd call it a bad reason, but I'd say not founded well. Right, and simply going back to what we said earlier that they've made their authority illegitimate by letting politics drive the science rather than the science drive the politics uh in these decisions because um, i think that's what well, that's what's happened well um, and one other thing somebody can toy with and this i forgot to mention this but i'll just throw this into the ring real quick is con talking about their authority and the legitimacy of it you have to ask the question about jurisdictions um, and that's where somebody you know if i walk into a walmart and they say you know and i say no i i can't wear a mask for religious reasons what does that mean? What's my religious reason? Well, if somebody said to me, because I feel that biblically speaking, I'm the head of my family and I should tell them what to wear. Okay. I'd say that's fair mm -hmm. that the government doesn't have the right to tell me what to wear. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, that's a biblical reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not some, you know, if they think what, 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 you know, big doctrinal reason do I need? Well, the doctrine is that you're the head of your family or that, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there are biblical yeah. reasons not to. Go ahead. So then fourth thing, wear a mask because the data suggests that it's useful. Bad reason, good reason. Well, I'd say good reason, and it, that doesn't really have anything well, to do with the government. But what if, but that's maybe a kind of a loaded question, going back to what I was saying earlier. If the data doesn't support it, then it isn't true. Right. If the data doesn't support it, then I think you have a strong reason to say... Uh, then you ought to say, uh, I don't, I, why am I doing right, this? Right, exactly. And and that's, right. so I think we've covered a, a pretty broad spectrum of reasons why people wear masks. Um, and, and so far, it's kind of seeming absurd. <laughs> um, there's there's one other reason. <laughs> yeah, and that's, the way you summed it up, I thought was great. What is my reason for wearing the mask? Is it to please people? Is that a fear? Is it, that's good. Go ahead. Fifth thing, is it to 
vaunt myself over someone else? Bad reason, good reason. <laughs> Certainly not. I mean, isn't that the opposite of actual yeah. virtue of love? You know, right? What I mean? Exactly. First Corinthians. That's funny. So I mean, there's there's five things right there that I think are common reasons why people wear the masks, mm-hmm. and they're all absurd. Am I missing something? I would go beyond absurd. They're even ungodly. Ah. I mean, at least a few of those, uh, a few of those. Uh, reasons, you know, being that if I'm doing it out of the fear of man or fear generally, you know, if I'm doing it to, to be a, a man pleaser, if I'm doing it um, to vaunt myself above somebody else, I mean, can that be called anything but ungodly? I mean, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Or, or at the very least is. immature. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think that can be sure. a response of immaturity where, mm-hmm. uh, Someone is doing an ungodly thing, but they think it's godly. They think it's right. Hmm. Wow. I don't know that there's necessarily malice aforethought uh, all the time. I think immature people can do ungodly things and not know that they're doing ungodly things because they're immature. Not Would not saying fair? that not saying that wearing masks in and of itself is ungodly. I'm saying that those reasons we looked right, at right. to be a people pleaser out yeah, of fear, um, out of pride out of falsehood, out of obeying uh, a flip-flopped government that's lost its legitimacy before God. Um, you know, those are the things that we're saying is ungodly, not the wearing of masks. But if that's someone's reasoning for wearing one, if any of those five things are reasons that someone is wearing a mask, they're either being overtly ungodly or immature. Hmm. Wow. Um I think to go back one more time to his question, you know, how do we avoid avoid giving offense to anybody? You're not. No. Um, I I don't think that's going to really be a possibility. So I think you more have to figure out why am I doing what I'm doing um, and then operate appropriately Uh off of that that knowledge. But I, I hope it's been helpful for people to hear that just because uh, a section of government says to do something doesn't mean that it's legitimate authority or le- it's legitimately authorized from God. It's not one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they say, uh, oh, we're, you yeah. know, we're overpopulated in the United States and you can only have two children. So we're going to start mandating abortions for the health, the health of our country because we can't handle any more people. Yeah. It will overload our system. We say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, yeah. that's not a legitimate command. Well, I, um, I, I know for one, me personally, my thinking is evolving on this matter of civil disobedience um, mm-hmm. because, you know, my original stance on it was, well, you know, I mean, they're not asking me to sin. Yes, right. So I should probably obey it. But there are things they can ask me to do as the government that are not overtly sinful that have... Mm-hmm effects mm-hmm. on on someone's ability to walk with the Lord, on someone's ability to mature, on the ability to have Christian fellowship and unity. Um, and, and that's why I say, for me, mask wearing has become a matter of civil disobedience. Hmm. Does that make sense? Um, because of the effects. Yes. Yes, I understand. Yes. Um, and, and we're not, could it, could it be that somebody, 
does stand on the side of science that says, no, I think that they are value. You say there's a debate there, and, and we say it looks more and more absurd, but maybe there's somebody who still believes in that, you know, in such and such a study and says, no, I think they have some value. For that person, wearing a mask isn't wrong, is it? No, I wouldn't say it's because wrong. Because it's, it's, it's how their action is informed. I, I would say, um, I would say that, that really... Um, from a practical standpoint, they're maybe not correlating the data well. Right, right. They mean, may not be. They, they, there we is, may disagree with them. Yeah, there is the strong, strong evidence that the masks don't do anything with COVID. But it's not that wearing a mask in and of itself is wrong. No. I mean, if somebody wanted to, they could wear a mask all around, all day, every day. Sure. It'd be like wearing a hat on your face. <laughs> Right. That's their choice. If they feel like, hey, this is a good thing to do. I like it. I think it's whatever, whatever. Well, sure. Um, but but it's become so much more complicated because yeah. of all the, the hype and, like you said, the virtue signaling and the, you know, associating it with this movement or whatever, whatever. <clears throat> so that's kind of what we're wading through. Yeah. And again, so, so what I'm saying, I guess, it comes down, comes down to the mask isn't an evil object, no. you know, or wearing a mask isn't an evil thing. But to summarize it, like you said, why am I wearing the mask or why am I not wearing the mask? Well, uh, if you have some feedback to this and you say, uh, okay, I, dis I violently disagreed with one of your points or, oh man, that was, uh, you know, an enlightening thought. Give us your feedback, reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. And unfortunately, we kind of have uh, taken the whole episode, haven't we, with masks? We have. You didn't want to do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> to me, on a personal level, it, it really took me, and it, it, even through our conversation, but I mean, I, for, I told you before the episode that for days, and it may be just, you know, 15, 20 minutes yeah. a day, but I mean, I've been thinking about this for some time because to me, as I guess really a matter of conscience, it was an issue. I had to, I had to try to make sure that I had biblically worked through this thing to say, well, what about Romans 13? What about 1 Peter 2? And... Uh, and, and what about Romans 14? And so it, it did take some time to wrap my mind around, even as we're talking through it, it's helping it to gel. And I still would have to think, you know, of some instances and go, what, what should I personally do here? But I hope we've taken, I hope we've really plowed a path through reasoning through this subject. Um, uh -huh. and, and we're talking, you know, medically, practically, constitutionally, biblically, uh, in matters of conscience, you know, thinking, bringing all these things to the table mm. and saying, now, how do we make our decision? Yeah. Uh, and that's been, <clears throat> in that way, I think that's been neat for this conversation. Yeah, good summary. And uh, thank you. And probably not, probably almost unheard of, <laughs> right? I mean, this kind of a conversation on the issue of masks. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. I don't know. So. Well, um, as riveting as I'm sure people will have found that. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's been good having you with us on this episode of, uh, of Reason Together. Uh, we thank you again to you patrons for supporting this podcast. Uh, now over 100 episodes. So uh, feel free to go back yes. and share that with a friend if you think that'll be a help. Uh, and be sure to send us your feedback. Anyways, we are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. <laughs>